Hi, everyone. You're in for a treat this morning, I'll tell you. Um, earlier uh, in the early service, I was saying I was thankful for uh, being in a home where my dad um, didn't, uh, didn't hesitate to cry. Um, that might seem a, uh, maybe a shock to some of you, but, um, but I was overwhelmed this morning. And, uh, and, it, and it was enough that I stopped long enough, I think, to, to try to listen to God. And so what's going on, God? Why, why is, what's all these emotions, right? And uh, I, I'm not 16 years old anymore, right? So I think I, I have them sort of figured out. Every once in a while, God really uh, impresses on my heart. And, uh, and I recognize that it's been a busy week. Uh, it's, uh, my learning curve this last week was like that. And, uh, and I, you know, you hear about these cliches about, uh, you know, you don't grow without being challenged. And uh, this last week, I think I grew. Uh, I trust it well, because I don't re- want to repeat some of that. <laughs> and I think God's kingdom works that way, where we, uh, we're being challenged, and uh, we need to take and, and grow. And God will give us those opportunities to grow again, if, uh, if we find that we can't get it the first time. And so God's the God of second chances, so I'm very thankful for that. With that said, if, uh, if you find yourself, uh, there's, there's overwhelming emotions coming, um, allow it. This is a safe, a safe space. Uh, I was a bubbling fool this morning, <laughs> and nobody criticized me. I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And, uh, and so with that said, um, uh, I'd like to introduce you to uh, Phil and, and Rob and Sarah's. Uh, they were here a few years ago where I was first introduced to them, and was, was literally quite impressed with them. Um, they were here uh, talking to our youth and uh, impressing on them that God is a missional God. Uh, Chris, you alluded to that with uh, the scripture passages this morning. And, uh, and I think sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we forget that uh, he's also calling us not only to missions overseas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're in an interesting time where the, the, the churches in other countries are, are, gonna st- are, are already starting to send missionaries back to Canada, back to the States. Um, it's an interesting time to be the church. And uh, come on up. Um, I, I can't do justice, really, to introducing to, uh, you guys to them. Um, other, than, other than saying that, uh, that they'll do a good job of uh, introducing you to Multiply, um, God has gifted them uniquely, and uh, as he's g- gifting and equipping you uh, to do what he's asking you to do. So, blessings as you serve. Thank you. Thanks so much, John. Thank you. Oh, it's so good to be with you this morning. The last time I was here was a little video that I sent (laughs) on the last um, Mission Sunday, just sharing a little bit about the work that God's been doing uh, through Multiply, but through you as our partners. And you know, Sumdi, the Bergs, the Parentos, and others uh, serving through Multiply just as a vehicle, but truly serving Jesus. And uh, it's a privilege to come alongside them. So some of you may not know multiply, except in the math sense of the word. And so I'm going to just take us through a little introduction of multiply uh, for uh, those for whom it's new, uh, so that um, you have a sense of where we're coming from. So we are the Global Mission Agency of the MB Church. Uh, We've been around for a very, very long time and have served in a number of different capacities around the world. We are church planting and Christian witness 
um, organization, both locally and globally. Church planting, you're probably thinking, well, yes, of course. And for our particular operation, uh, our mode of operation is to actually serve alongside national leaders who have language, vision, and a deep passion to see their own people come to know Jesus. So our missionaries who get sent serve alongside them to raise up the church. But we also have a Christian witness. So we have a ministry in Thailand called Freedom Textiles, which works with women who have come out of incarceration and create all sorts of beautiful, lovely handicrafts. Uh, we make socks. We grow coffee. Really, if you want to be a missionary, we have a place for you. That was my shameless plug. Uh, so we, we are a witness in many ways around the world. We love the word multiply. It's multiplying that one disciple who multiplies more churches that multiply, and then partnerships that multiply around the world. And we work in many ways in two different sort of um, avenues in partnerships and in pathways. Our partnerships are with the church, planting and growing churches together both here and there. And so as you've partnered with Samdi and Chan and the church that is growing in Pompisai and in the locale around them, uh, so we learn from your churches as they learn from us. And so one of my specific roles is to have the church partner together, sharing resourcing, gifting, support, encouragement, uh, one with each other, uh, and therefore really being the global church on mission together. And so we do some teaching about kingdom partnerships and, and working through the haves and the have-nots and some of the paradigm shifts that we need to make, especially as the Western church, and it's a beautiful, beautiful privilege. We also create pathways, pathways through short-term mission programs. And I look around this service and the last one, uh, you've sent your youth on SOAR, you've sent your young adults on action, you've sent adults over to help out uh, as global servants uh, to serve alongside missionaries who've needed some extra resourcing. Uh, you have partnered with us in so many ways and we continue to do that. I want to give one a new um, sort of pathway that's just started this last year as a pilot project. It's called the Impact Award, and it's geared to uh, students, mainly grade 12 students, who are going to go into their first year of university, and uh, generous donors um, have provided a stipend that a church gives to that student in their first year of university so that they are uh, equipped and supported to be a missionary on campus, partnering with, say, Power to Change, InterVarsity, Navigators, a Christian ministry on campus. Because it's just a real longing of ours that we don't just sort of take the next step, but we actually intentionally move in to whatever God calls us as, as missionaries, as intentional followers of Jesus, being and sharing good news. So the Impact Award, you'll hear more about it uh, in this coming season, but it just piloted this year, and we're really excited to see what God's going to do through those young people on their campuses. And then finally, I do want to point us to our website, because I could spend about an hour going through all our stuff, but multiply.net 
Um, hint, our scripture story this morning is going to be up fishing, so net, like you'll remember that, multiply.net, you can go to, and we have a daily prayer guide, we have so many videos and stories to use for your small groups, for your own personal times of prayer and encouragement, we have service opportunities, we have, you know, a great gallery of missionaries, you can ooh and ah and say, wow, they look just like me, maybe I should be a missionary. That's my second plug. And, and so, so truly, take advantage of our website. We also have uh, an opportunities to join a prayer group that you can pray with once a week to pray about different regions of the world, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So multiply dot. Yes. Excellent. So that's a bit about multiply. Um, so this is the point at which I want to thank you for sort of unwittingly becoming a, a bit of an experiment for Philip and myself this morning. Um, we have both uh, truly had the joy of sharing God's word and the call to mission with you over the years. Truly, truly a privilege. And we're really happy to be able to bring a scripture focus and uh, some stories from around the world today. Um, and as we were sort of as a family doing a, a Bible study together a few weeks ago, uh, the passage that we had really touched us. And Philip in particular just, just um, really felt God give him a word out of it um, for this Sunday. Except I'm the one who's supposed to be a speaker. So we're going to tag team this morning. <laughs> Uh, the challenge for us in that is that, as most of you do know, um, Philip was diagnosed with ALS last December, and it's the form that attacks the voice first. <clears throat> so uh, his speech is compromised, but I clarify, not his voice, because God still gives him a voice. Um, perhaps the means will change as time passes, um, but uh, God continues to speak to him as his servant. So I am going to attempt to translate for him. As we found out in the first service, I don't always get it right, but, but we're gonna give it our best shot. But truly, um, we want to uh, open up the word with you and to uh, share what God's laid on our hearts for today. So thanks for joining us in that. <laughs> thanks, Robin. <laughs> Oh, wonderful to be with you today. Wonderful to be with you today. This is such a warm family. This is such a warm family. And you're getting the true global experience. And you're getting the true global experience. Of a sermon that is translated. For a sermon that is translated. <laughs> Thankfully, Robin knows my dialect. Thankfully, Robin knows my dialect. Um, you know... Being diagnosed with a life-ending disease. You know, being diagnosed with a life-ending disease. Um, a remarkable journey. It's a remarkable journey. It changes everything. It changes everything. But changes nothing. But changes about God. nothing about God. And my relationship with Him. And my relationship with Him. The thing about this disease, if I get emotional, if I, get emotional I, literally cannot form any words. I literally cannot form any words. 
Oh, I'll try to stay stoic. So I'll try to stay stoic. <laughs> um, but uh, I know identify. I know identify. With a suffering world. With a suffering world. I used to be a part of a group. I used to be a part of a group. I know. That I call the deluded elite. The deluded elite. <laughs> that thinks hardship will never come to them. That thought that thinks hardship will never come to them. Now I identify. Now I identify. With a world that is suffering. With a world that is suffering. Under all kinds of pain. Under all kinds of pain. Political, Political poverty, poverty, disease, disease and violence. A world that needs hope. A world that needs hope. There's hope in the love of the Father. There's hope in the love of the Father. In fact, I realize. In fact, I realize. That this is God's response. That this is God's response. To a suffering world. To a suffering world. Not one friendly. <laughs> every problem. Not to run frantically fixing every problem. But he comes up close. But he comes up close. To those that will receive him. To those who will receive him. <laughs> this is his M.O. Um, I surrendered my life a long time ago. I surrendered my life a long time ago. Many times. I died with Christ. I died with Christ. So I could live with him. So I could live with him. And now he draws near to me. And now he draws near to me. He gives me immeasurable peace. And gives me immeasurable peace. And consistent love. And consistent love. No, no more, no more me trying to prove myself. No more me trying to prove myself. No more fighting with God. No more fighting with God. I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. In the arms of my loving. In the arms of my loving heavenly Father. Father. And it is good. And it is good. And that's a miracle. And that's a miracle. And that's a miracle that we bring. And that's the miracle that we bring to the whole world. To the whole world. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Suffering. Suffering. Without the love of God. Without the love of God. Amen. So miracles and mission. My favorite dictionary definition of the word miracles is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. I'll read that again. Miracles. A surprising and welcome event that's not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. And this morning I wonder, uh, are you praying for a miracle? Is there something in the context of your own life that seems impossible naturally or scientifically? Maybe a family crisis or a health situation uh, like something we're facing. 
Maybe it's within the job context. Or people you know and love deeply who've turned away from God or uh, don't yet know the love of Jesus. Those things that just seem impossible unless there's divine intervention. In this, and we believe in the right intervention. And we believe in the right intervention. Divine. Oh, divine. And that God sometimes and mysteriously, and mysteriously alters the natural digression of, the natural digression of things. And, and it gives a miracle. And so we live in the tension. And so we live in this tension of being completely trusting God. Of being completely trusting in God. And pursuing a miracle. And pursuing a miracle. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because Jesus is above all doctors. All doctors. All diseases. All diseases. And his authority. And his authority. Leads us. And that's how we live as believers. We trust Him with a short life. And I pursue Him and for a long life. And that's up to Him. So in the scripture story that we're going to read this morning, it is a story of miracles. It's in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. But this morning, you are welcome to follow along, or um, I want to suggest that you close your eyes, and as I read the story, kind of hop into it. Join the story, reading it, not just with your mind, but also with your imagination. And perhaps you will be a person standing on the shore of Galilee listening to Jesus. Perhaps you'll be a fisherman washing his nets. Um, but just to uh, find yourself in that story as it unfolds and uh, in this historical account, kind of bring yourself there. And my prayer too is that as you listen to the story, a familiar one for most of us, something fresh will touch you. You may see a part of it in a brand new way, or there'll be an emphasis on a very familiar part that suddenly jumps out at you. And so as you listen to this story, uh, would you listen as well uh, with your heart uh, for God to speak to you personally through it? And we'll take a few moments after I've read the story and just sit in that. And if something specific has struck you in it, um, just pray about it. Ask, Lord, um, why did that strike me in a fresh way in the reading of your word this morning. Um, let's invite him to teach and speak to us as we read the living word. I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. <clears throat> i read God's word. On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to a crowd on the shore of Lake Galilee a vast multitude of people was pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby washing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and said to him, let me use your boat. 
push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowd. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you'll have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish and their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, master, for I am a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. Those verses six and seven again, I'll repeat in a moment. But let's take a few moments now and just reflect on that passage, on that story, there's something specific that God highlighted to you this time around, just pray about it with him silently. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, and their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until they began to sink. It almost sounds like there were more fish to be caught, but they just didn't have enough in nets or boats, right? Like if you'd had 10 boats, they'd still be like, oh trying to catch this, this crazy amount of fish. What do you think Peter expected when he put his net out in the deep water? He'd already had a long night with Zippo fish, and he does it because, you know, this guy got into his boat and then spoke with an authority that obviously caught his attention, and so he's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. What was going on? I just would love to have seen Peter's face. If you've seen The Chosen, you might have like an idea of what his face might have looked like, but this incredible amazement at this extreme catch. So that first miracle, the miracle of provision. 
I've asked myself, why? Why did Jesus do that? Well, if there's any commodity, anything that Peter would be comfortable with or know something about, it would be fish. And so right away, Jesus has his full attention. And Peter doesn't just catch fish because he's particularly crazy about things that swim in the water. He catches fish because his dad caught fish and his grandpa got fish. And that's how he looks after his family and sustains their life. This isn't just a hobby. This is actually their, their bread and butter. And so Jesus immediately speaks right to who Peter is. I know you, I know what you need, and I am generously providing. He's got Peter's full attention. And that certainly gets Peter thinking about Jesus. Okay, who is Jesus? Who is he? And not only does he start thinking about Jesus, but almost right away, he starts thinking about himself. Oh, wow. Who is Jesus? And I know who I am. Jesus takes this initial miracle to set up a profound opportunity, to set up a more, a next in Peter's life. But he starts it with something that you could almost say literally blows him out of the water. (laughs) This crazy catch of fish. So I want to pause there and take us to August of 2021. On the border of Myanmar, between Thailand and Myanmar, we have two couples, the Penners and the Sinclair Peters, who live in Thailand and who actually serve the migrant workers from Myanmar who come and work in the Thai factories. And when COVID spread like wildfire in that region, some of the factories just completely locked down and some of them uh, stopped working. A whole variety of circumstances happened which left many migrant families uh, without resources to feed their own families. And so our workers got together with the national leaders and devised a plan where they could, um, through all sorts of arrangements, feed people for a dollar a day. And they sent out an urgent request to us, and maybe some of you were part of responding to that need, urgent relief uh, for migrant workers uh, in order to feed these families. And so the giving trickled in, and then it steamrolled. And at this point in time, they have been able to set aside funds for a teacher from January to June to teach the children of the migrant workers. What a setup. Here's what Jeremy said. Our team is very excited about how this children's ministry is opening the door for the gospel to be shared among families in the Bang Chalong area. We have already seen a lot of people healed through this ministry and through the faith and prayers of these young kids that are not only learning to read and write, but also discovering who Jesus is. An amazing opportunity to equip the next generation of leaders and to see their parents involved in the community of believers. That provision, what a setup so that now there's an ongoing opportunity to disciple, to educate, and to reach a huge community of people. Isn't that just like Jesus? (laughs) 
And there's another story. Katie Mount just shared this with our Multiply team. We meet uh, every week on a Zoom call for prayer and sharing together. And she uh, let us know this past week super excited uh, because a woman that they've been praying for for a long time, she's 70, uh, her daughter has been a believer for many years, uh, finally gave her life to Jesus. That's her up there, and the, the picture of the, the two adults sharing with her was when they prayed with her, and she received Christ. She was also freed from an alcohol addiction, and this is what Katie writes. Honestly, I think she's been hearing and observing for many years, and has watched as we walked with her daughter who accepted Christ with us almost right away. She watched, and we also loved on her through the death of her son, and through her daughter's motorcycle accident that almost killed her. I think she's observed that Jesus has radically transformed her daughter from an extremely angry, bitter person with no friends to a sweet, joy-filled, hilarious person that everyone wants to be around. That leads us to the second miracle in our story, the miracle of transformation. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, He knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, master, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. I think of this woman who just came to faith. She watched and watched. She checked out Christians. She saw things that were impossible to fathom. Her daughter radically changed. Her daughter healed in the motorbike accident. And the course of the time that she watched, she recognized her own sin. I see that beauty. I don't see it here. And through an invitation from the Holy Spirit, she surrendered. He won her heart. And she accepted salvation. He won her heart. And Peter, too, watches. He's like, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus that multiplies these fish? And it seems impossible. And in that moment of seeing Jesus do that miracle, he recognizes he does that. Oh, man, I am a sinner. I'm wretched. You can't come near me. You are power and perfection, and I am not. Get away from me. You're the Messiah, and I'm such a sinner. And it's that confession that leads to his surrender. So I've asked myself a few questions around that story. Have you ever considered that our own story of salvation is a miracle? That miracle of transformation, we couldn't do it on our own. Without the divine intervention of the Holy Spirit opening our hearts and convicting us of sin, introducing us to forgiveness through Jesus, we'd be bound, we'd be locked up, lost in our own brokenness. We'd be just like Peter. Oh, Jesus, you can't, don't, don't come near me. I'm a sinner. And yet... This miracle has happened where the Holy Spirit has intervened and touched our own lives. You know, I'm a, I'm a missionary kid. I'm a third-generation missionary kid. I was born in Japan. My dad was born in China. And, um, 
And uh, so I grew up in a Christian home. I, I just had the huge blessing and privilege of being raised by Christians. And it took me a long time before I realized, oh, hey, wait a minute. I also had a before and an after. I didn't just sort of, you know, by association, wander and skip into a following of Jesus. I actually had to, at a, at a point in my discipleship journey, surrender as Philip was talking about at the beginning of our service, there was a before and an after where the Holy Spirit extended that invitation, which is miraculous, and my life began to transform. Do you know your before and your after? I just feel like we can't miss an opportunity that if, if you are having just a sense in your heart that, ooh, I think I've walked beside Christianity, but I don't know that I've ever actually said, Jesus, I'm yours. Forgive me. I want, I want to be your child. I want a heavenly forever citizenship. I want the gift and promise of your presence through the great times and the really hard times. If that's you today and you've got a nudging, please don't leave without touching base with us after the surface service or with uh, your pastors here. Uh, we don't want to miss that opportunity. So we've seen this miracle of provision with all those fish. We've seen this miracle of transformation as Peter recognizes his own brokenness and Jesus extends his hand to him and says, Simon, Peter, don't be afraid. Don't yield to your fear. But there is one more miracle to come. I want to read starting at verse 10. Simon, Peter, and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miraculous catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. Amazing. And Always thought this passage was about fish. Amazing. I always thought this passage was about fish. That, that was the big drama. That was the big drama. I realized there was another miracle. I didn't realize there was another miracle. Peter's life being changed. Peter's life being changed. I didn't realize there was a third miracle. I didn't realize there was a third miracle. That Jacob said, Jacob said. That Jacob. That Jacob. Oh, that Jacob's sons. Um, um, and John. And John left everything, left everything to, follow to follow Jesus. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. And the moment that Peter became the best fisherman in the world. The moment that Peter became the best fisherman in the world. <laughs> he has to walk away. He has to walk away. <laughs> and leave them. <laughs> and leave them. <laughs> I think this passage reveals the heart of God. I think this passage reveals the heart of God. We can get so fixated on our miracle. We can get so fixated on our miracle. And not realize 
and not realize that God has even more for us. Um, I think our perspective on miracles needs to mature. I think our perspective on miracles needs to mature. In fact, it reveals in us an unhealthy relationship with God. When is it ever good that the basis of our relationship is what you get out of it? What you get out of the other person. That's an immediate red flag. And yet that's how we live with God. A healthy relationship is what can we give? How can we surrender? I'm going to die for that person. Even die for that person. And God reveals this in this set of miracles. He wants more. He wants our heart. And he wants our life. He wants our future. He wants to bless us through it all. I think I think the fish was a hyperbole. A deliberate exaggeration for effect. It was like, like, I got this, I got fish. Let's get on to more things. And he reaches out to Peter and gives him what he really needs. Peter has disqualified himself. He said, I'm damaged goods. I'm no use to you. And the love of the Father says, No. No. You are not damaged no, goods. No, you are not damaged goods. I requalify I requalify you. Now. Now. Is that what you need to hear this morning? Is that what you need to hear this morning? You are not damaged goods. You are not damaged goods. Jesus requalifies you now. Jesus requalifies you now. For the future. For the future that he has for, that he you. Has for you. That's better than fish. <laughs> but this miracle of mobilization, of, mobilization of, leading of leading these guys out into the kingdom of God. They'll no longer live for themselves, but they live for God. 
That is a miracle we still need today. We need to realize. We need to realize that the whole church is on mission in small and huge ways. And Jesus wants to mobilize you into mission because he's requalified you. And he has a a person for you. He has a need for you to fill. He has a need for you to fill. He has a dream for you, to, a dream for you to understand. And wants to lead you, into, to lead you his into his amazing kingdom to be a blessing in this world. In this world. He says, I have the fish. I have the wine. I have the wine. Um, even then the woman at the well. Even to the woman at the well. And the disciples, he said, is doing the will of my father. My, my food is doing the will of the father. I got the um, I have the food. I have the food. How's God calling you today? How's God calling you today? To receive his touch. To name you. To name you. To name you. To call you. To call you. I surrendered my life in the 90s. I surrendered my life in the 90s. I was part of a renewal. I was part of a renewal. A mission movement. A mission movement. That was in our denomination. That was in our denomination. Um, and but now I'm in my fifties. Now I'm in my fifties. We need more mobilization. We need more mobilization. We need new generations. We need new generations. To dream with God. To dream with God. About, what's possible. about what's possible. To leave the nets behind. To leave the nets behind. And, and embrace an expanding kingdom. And embrace an expanding and kingdom. In this world. This is gonna be you. It's going to be you. And we're here to walk with you. And we're here to walk and with cheer you. you on. And cheer you on. And to fan into flame. And to fan into flame. God's, God's in call life. in your life. Hear the words of Jesus. Hear the words of Jesus. <laughs> when he says, Do not yield to fear. Do not yield to your fear. From now on, From now on you will, you will catch men for salvation. People. people and give them life and give them life not fish and kill not them, fish and kill them. Kill them. <laughs> but people but people and give them life, and give them life. that is the miracle passage that is the miracle passage that is the miracle passage package of this package <laughs> of this Passage. <laughs> There's a miracle package of this passage. Do you want it all? Do you want it all? Do you want it all? Or do you want Or do you want just fish? Let's pray. That's the question you ask us this morning, Father. Um, that's the question you ask me. 
Am I satisfied with the miracle of fish? It's a commodity I understand and I know, and it provides for me. And yet you, you just used it as the launch. You grabbed Peter's attention. You requalified him. And then you said, come, follow me. So, Father, wherever we're at in our journeys with you, if there are any ways in which we've disqualified ourselves um, with, with busyness, with brokenness, with uh, maybe our age or stage or care, the cares that we carry, Father, even disqualified ourselves from bringing your love to those in our own household community and yes absolutely around the world I want to thank you Father that you requalify us through the love of Jesus and the love of the Father and that that miracle of your Holy Spirit intervening in our lives and stirring us to a fresh awakening well it's for all of us so even now, Father, as we close in worship, I pray stir in us. And Lord, if you're calling out something new or reminding us of where we've disqualified ourselves and invite us to leave it at the cross, would you do that? Father, don't let us leave the same today. We love you. We worship you. We thank you that you are the God of miracles. Amen.